So as Brad's already said, uh, I want to talk about perseverance this morning. And um, what better way to talk about that little word by thinking of the Springboks yesterday, watching them. And now they had to persevere, and now they had to really pull through. But did you know that the SA captain, Sia Colisa, was 16 when we won the World Cup in 2007? His mother recently had passed away, and he was living in a state of poverty. He watched in 2007 while sitting in a tavern on the big screen because I didn't have a TV at home. And when they saw that captain holding up the Red Letters trophy, he was like, yes, I want to do that. He was the first SA Black rugby captain that we've had. And he's one of the eight men in history to hold up that Red Atlas trophy. So what, what better way to experience perseverance of uh, having that. And this morning I want to share a little personal example about perseverance. And I uh, just want to illustrate it quickly before we look at the, word, at the word. So Chris asked me a while ago, beginning of this year, Foxy, we're going on a hike with a group of mates. Would you like to join us? So I'm like, yeah, it's a hike. I mean, anyone can backpack on the back and hike. I've done a trail run before. I've maybe done a comrades, and I thought anyone can go on a hike. But my goodness, was I humbled in a very hard way. And I've got a totally new respect for those of you who don't know Chris. He's the young gentleman who led us in worship this morning. And he's a very experienced hiker. So that's who Chris is. But I was very, very humbled to get a new respect of Chris and his hiking mates as we uh, tracked through the berg. So I want to just take you on a small little journey and just share a little bit with you. We, with you. we started in a little camping village in Winterton. And um, we walked up to uh, our first hike. Our first night we stayed in Centenary Hut. And this was an easy day, but I was shattered. I had blisters on my feet. I mean, clueless Foxy, who would buy new hiking boots and go hike? Did not have a clue what was going on. I had these massive blisters on my feet. Day two in the morning, we wake up and the team leader said, Foxy, you see that wall over there? It's miles away and it's a big high wall. We'll have lunch up there today. But it's a tough day today. I'm like, okay. I even got myself a get-out-of-jail card because he said, listen, those blisters look quite bad. If you don't want to carry on, we can make a plan and you can possibly go back to camp. I just kept quiet, and I thought, yo, we'll have lunch up there today. Meanwhile, thinking, this is it. We start off walking, and he says, okay, 1K every hour. After five hours, we should have done 5Ks. Well, this Kippy thinks to himself, you've got to be joking. 5Ks in five hours. We'll never take that long. Sure enough, five hours later, 5Ks. Chris said to me in the beginning, Foxy, you'll be fine. We walk meal pace. We walk like donkeys. Yeah, it's fine. We're going to be fine. We took five hours in 5Ks, not because we were slow. Yes, we walked mill pace, but my goodness, was it steep and was it hard? We had to dig deep. We slept in a cave that night with pumping winds and minus degree temperatures. Day three, we get up. This is where the mission was going to be accomplished. Our whole mission on this hike was to summit the highest peak in Africa called Mafadi. So that should have maybe given me a hint in the beginning. Foxy, we're going to summit the highest peak in Africa. But come on a hike with us. You'll be fine. As we started, the wind was pumping. It was really blowing. It was cold. It was in the minus degrees. And we got around to where we're going to summit. It was about four k's to go. And I thought this cannot be normal. He has these experienced hikers down on all fours holding on little blades of grass to prevent themselves getting blown over. It was in winds over 100 k's an hour winds. And I'm like, but everyone's doing it, so let's just go, because this is how we hike. <laughs> Needless to say, we get a quick group chat. Team leader comes, he says, guys, 
we can either go around another angle, two k's longer, and summit from the other area, or what we're going to do. I'm thinking, but I don't have to summit. Let's just go back. You know, I'm sore. I'm done. Needless to say, we went two k's further, summited, got to the top, got the picture, and I'm going to leave the descent for another day. But that was just getting to the top. As we got near the finish, one of the guys came up to me and said, Foxy, you got quite a strong head, eh, to uh, persevere through this. And I shared a little bit with him about my life motto, which is three initials, UGM. I've said it here before. It stands for you got more. I'm not saying this to be arrogant or proud, but rather saying to how sometimes we have to humble ourselves to get through perseverance and to the top. And today I want to look at someone in the Bible we've heard about so often in the Old Testament. It's a popular story. It's a story about pain, suffering, and sorrow, but also of perseverance. We're going to speak about Job. Not your job, but Job. Please don't switch off, because when this whole message came together on Saturday, I was like, Job. Everyone knows Job. Everyone's not Job again. But I pray that as we go through this book this morning, something's going to stand out to each one of you, as it did to me, that we can walk away out of here changed with a totally different perspective on perseverance and what we're going to go through. So I'm going to read. If you've got your Bibles, please, it's Job 1. And we're going to go from verse 1. It's not going to be on the screen. And I'm going to try to bring the story to life as best I can with my 5FM voiceover voice this morning. So let's go from verse 1. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. My goodness. We often just read over that. Seven sons and three daughters. And he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people in the east. Just let some of those numbers ring true to you. I've got a mate who loves cattle, and we thought, yo, imagine a hundred head. We're talking thousands here, thousands of sheep, thousands of camels. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. Verse 6, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with. He told the Lord, the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright and a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hand so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So just to fill us in this picture a little bit, just Satan comes to God, speaks to him, Yeah, but obviously Job's going to be fine and blameless and upright. You've put a hedge around him. You've got him there. So yeah, let's see what happens if we can tackle him or challenge him, let him persevere a little bit. 
verse 13. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you this. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burnt up the sheep and the servants, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was speaking this, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels, made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. My goodness, what more could happen? While he was speaking, another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house. When suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert, struck the four corners of the house, it collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. So here we see Job, a faithful, blameless, and upright man. He served and followed God, and in this pain and suffering and sorrow, the experience came out of nowhere. This had nothing to do with his character. He was considered a very wealthy man, and he had blessed with lots of cattle and large family. But my goodness, can you just... Picture that. Four messengers, same day, one after the other. Yes, Clint, something bad's happened. Yo, that's bad, eh? That's it, messenger one. Yeah, we've got four messengers. The first messenger comes and says, listen, all your oxen and donkeys and servants are gone. Second messenger, you've lost all your sheep and your servants from a fire from God. Third, his camels were stolen and the servants were murdered. The fourth one, his sons and daughters were put to death by a strong wind collapsing the house. How would we respond? How would we respond? How would we, just think of your challenges and the situations you're going through. How would you respond to these four messengers? Verse 20, how was Job's response? He got up, he tore his robe and shaved his head, then he fell to the ground in worship. He fell to the ground in worship. After all of this, I don't know if I'd do that. <laughs> he fell to the ground in worship. And he says in verse 21, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. So Job is still worshiping, despite all of this. He's still praising God, in spite of what has just happened. And carry on my little story in Job 2. And I want to pick up from verse 4, where Satan goes back to God. And he says, skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. You see, Satan wanted to prove a point to God. That Job's love and devotion was conditional. Just conditional. That Job only worshipped God because God blessed and prospered him. And Job, yeah, if the blessing was taken away, Job wouldn't be as devoted to God. Verse 6, so the Lord said to Satan, very well, he's in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. So we read that, can you really picture it? Afflicted Job with sores from the crown, 
soles of his feet to the crown of his head. I had two blisters. Job was covered with them. And Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat amongst the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. So we see Job's own wife has lost perseverance. Says to him, are you still maintaining that God's in control, that God's higher than anything else? Curse God and die. Job replies, you're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Yeah, yeah. if your wife had to say that to you, hmm, (laughs) don't know what you would do. We're going to stop there today at verse 10. And further in the book of Job, we see how Job goes on a massive roller coaster ride. He curses God. He challenges God. He even questions God. And he demanded that God explains himself. But in all of this, Job never once turned his back on God. Yes, he questioned. Yes, he was angry. Yes, he was down. Yes, he was. But he persevered. Never once did he question God or turn his back. Or he questioned God. Never once did he turn his back on God and say, I'm done. Here's the towel. I've thrown it in. Was it tough? Yes. Was he hurting and a broken man? Yes. And he questioned why, but not once did he turn his back from God. From this passage, I want to just look at two points. It's quite nice when Daryl's in a chat because we're probably going to finish a lot earlier than usual. So I've just got two points to share this morning. Point number one, perseverance is a choice. Perseverance is a choice. You see, when we go through struggles and get tested, it's so easy to give up and quit. Nades, it's easy to give up and quit. You didn't quit, girl. Today was very special. But it's so easy sometimes to just quit. I'm done. I'm in with it. Gone with church, gone with fellowship, gone with whatever, gone with life. Let's go back to my little hack. So I got that get me out of jail card. Okay, Foxy, you can go back to camp. I realized there on day one, I'm no hacker. I realized there what was coming. I'm in serious trouble. It was very easy to use that get me out of jail card and say, I'm done, eh? I know we base camp is. I'm going, you guys go up. But we got to persevere. Was it hard for me? Absolutely. Did I question my decision? Every second. Did I have fun? Chris is yes, I will not answer that. <laughs> there were times where it was hard, tough, and we were walking on our own in some faraway places. See, Job chose to worship God and carry on persevering. Even though there was no much motivation for Job with no end in sight, I had motivation. I was looking for the summit. I was looking for an end goal to summit. Job had no end goal in sight, yet he still carried on persevering. We need to make that same decision as Job had when we're going through tough times and challenges and hard times that we've got to take. I'll never forget a special pastor Derek used to say, that's when your faith kicks in overdrive. You put that 4x4 vehicle into 4x4 low and you chuff up where you persevere. And you carry on going. So point one, perseverance is a choice. You've got to choose to put that gauge into four-wheel low. Point two, continue worshiping during your challenges. Do we still know that there's someone higher, someone greater, someone more powerful, someone in control when we're going through these challenges? I'd love to have caught up with Job and said, but how did you carry on? Well, I knew that God is in control. I knew that he's all-powerful. I knew that he had things planned his way. Continue 
worshipping. I don't know what you may be struggling with today. I don't know what you may be going through today. Maybe you're struggling in your job. Maybe your marriage is taking strain. Maybe you've got a relationship issue with a friend or a family member. I've got no clue what you're going through. Maybe you've got an illness that you just don't know how to deal with. But I know that when we are weak, He is strong. Tony hit it on the head two weeks ago when he said, faith overrides the facts. Faith overrides the facts. You spoke about that at Life Group a few weeks ago and it was very, very powerful. The facts are there. I've got sores on my body. My oxen are gone. My kids have been killed. But my faith overrides the facts. I want us to read James 5 verse 11. It should be on the board. It says, as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Then we'll go back to James 1, 2 to 4. This is tricky. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We all face trials. We all go through perseverances one time or the other in our lives. And we've got to rely on Him to be our strength when you're weak. And I know you're probably sitting there thinking, it's so easy to preach it from you, but it's much harder to do and to put it into practice. But you see, when you're vulnerable and humble before Him, He can use you. When you become humble and accept that you're not a hacker, He can use you to get through. And today I want to become a little bit vulnerable. You see, in sports, I can persevere a lot easier and a lot harder. I can put myself in a body bag, like the hawk. But when it comes to testing our faith and wrestles with challenges in life, jeepers, I battle. My butch asked me, is away this week? And he said to me, butch, can you preach on the second? Yeah, lacquer, it was a while ago started preparing and I got a message that my wife loves that grabs her and grips her and it's a powerful message and I started trying to work on this message but it just didn't grab me. I really tried. I tried to bring it out. I tried to write it at different angles and it just wouldn't grab me. Last weekend I got to the point. I was away with the family and I phoned my boots on a Saturday. I said, bud, I'm out. I'm empty. I can't see myself on stage on Sunday. I'm a failure. Last week, Saturday. So my butz is, uh, butz is, he says, bud, push the pause button. I'll think of a plan B. Just push that pause button. I said, bud, I'm a failure. Just don't know if I can do this. I said to him, listen, can I maybe do something with the worship team? And he said, I'm not sensing that. Push the pause button. Enjoy time with your family. And I'll think of plan B. So I hang up. As I hang up, phone goes. Oh, that hacker. Joking. <laughs> Chris phones. He says, Hey, Foxy, I believe you're preaching on Sunday. I'm so excited. I'm just busy rehearsing the songs. What are you preaching on so we can. I'm like, Chris. <laughs> Chris, I'm not preaching. I'm empty. Got nothing to give. I'm a failure. I'm out. He says, okay, I might understand you're empty, but you're not a failure. 
He says, fat, it doesn't relate to you. Okay, Chris, but I'm still not preaching. He says, okay, I hang up. Coming back inside, Chris says, you was a long phone call to your butt. I said, no, Chris phoned me after my butt. <laughs> and I said, put the phone down. I'm busy ringing, persevere, 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 perseverance, persevere. Babe, what's going on here? I don't know. It's a mission of woods and say, hang 10. I don't know about women, but they've got an amazing sixth sense when something's up in all different areas. And in this specific area, she's like, just, it's a mission of woods and hang 10. Okay. Butty, just stand by. Kids go swimming. Chris throws an exam pad to me with a pen. She says, let's just go sit around the pool. We just start writing. This is what I wrote. This is what we first wrote. Yeah, I'm sharing this with you not to boast or boost myself at all. But I can honestly stand up here today and say, when I am weak and totally down and out, God is strong. And that built my faith and character, not only for today and maybe just bringing His Word, but also in job situation, in business, in marriage, in friendships, in life. When we are weak, God is strong. God initiated that phone call because in my weakness... God is strong. I can guarantee if Chris phoned half an hour later, I would have not taken that call. And I still said to Chris, your phone call, bad was, no, I just had your mod, I phoned. Yeah. <laughs> the background, the scenes are just amazing. And in closing today, I want to make something clear, though, that perseverance is a choice that, that we make. It was still a decision to put something to paper to maybe get up here today. God's given us the strength to persevere. Just like he gave Job the strength to persevere. And without him, it would be impossible. The tough times we're facing, just lean on God. Trust on God. I don't know when he's going to pull through. Because my goodness, if ever I get the opportunity to preach again, I can't wait a week before. I don't know when he's going to pull through. But what I can say is, when you are weak, God is strong. And maybe just next time, my faith will go from that to that. Where he may just say, God, I'm counting on you. And it might be Wednesday and I'm making him. I don't know. But when we are weak, God is strong. We need His help to persevere. Let's allow Him to use us. But when we are weak, He is strong. I want to read one last verse as we close. And His strength is made perfect in our weakness. It comes from Isaiah 30, 28 to 31. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become tired or grow weary? There's no searching of his understanding. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who has no might, he increases power. Even youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising toward the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. Amen. <laughs>